right, so we're going to talk about this new Supreme Court case, StateX Rail Klein versus Precision Excavating and Grading Company. Uh, case was decided by the Ohio Supreme Court on September 27, 2018, and it's a relatively important case because it overrules uh, two separate Supreme Court cases dealing with uh, voluntary abandonment and the payment of temporary total disability compensation. So we're going to kind of roundtable this one. I'm Mark Barnes, and I've been with uh, Buckley and Conkle for, I think, 18 years. Uh, who else do we have in the room? Rob King, I've been with Bugby and Conkle about 33 years. Rob Sold, I've been with Bugby and Conkle for 34 years. Janelle Matuzak, I've only been here for 13 years. So we got a lot of people around the room that uh, got a lot of experience in workers' comp. Um, the whole idea of voluntary abandonment and when it terminates TTD compensation has been very confusing over the years. Uh, this Supreme Court decision kind of um, clears some of the water, but but maybe not altogether. Um, so I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about the facts of the Klein case and what the court ultimately did. Appreciate your listening. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. First, you know, the Klein decision was unanimous only to the extent of the outcome. Uh, there are seven justices on the Ohio Supreme Court. Uh, all seven justices agreed that the case, uh, or that the, the uh, all agreed about the outcome of the case, but there were three justices that wrote a concurring opinion or signed on to a concurring opinion written by Justice Kennedy where they uh, departed from the uh, other four justices on the court. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. So, in any event, Klein had an allowed workers' compensation claim. And uh, at some point, he uh, found himself in a situation where he was going to be disabled from work. But prior to applying for temporary total disability compensation, um, he made overtures that he wanted to leave employment because he wanted to go down to Florida. And so he told, I think, the controller of the company that, you know, he wanted to leave to go to Florida, and he followed through with that. He quit work and went down to Florida. After that, he wanted temporary total disability compensation because his doctor had said that he was uh, unable to return to his former position of employment on account of the work injury. And... Uh, ultimately, this case made its way to the Court of Appeals on a mandamus action. The magistrate for the Court of Appeals and the full, uh, the, or a, I'm sorry, a panel of the Court of Appeals found that he was entitled to temporary total disability compensation, relying on a case called Pretty Products. And uh, Pretty Products has been relied upon by uh, the 10th District Court of Appeals and the Ohio Supreme Court for the last 10 years. Basically, the Court of Appeals and the Court's Magistrate found that because Klein was disabled at the time that he quit work, that um, he was entitled to temporary total disability compensation benefits because that's what Pretty Product wrote. 
it, it wasn't necessarily the holding, but there was language in Pretty Products that said you cannot voluntarily abandon a job from which you are disabled. And that issue got appealed to the Ohio Supreme Court because on mandamus, you have an appeal of right, and the Supreme Court took it and reversed the decision of the Court of Appeals and ended up overruling some of its prior precedent. Uh, the two cases that it overruled were Ryder Stocko and Omnisource. Uh, the Supreme Court <clears throat> basically found that when overruling a case, overruling precedent, they have to decide three things. They have to decide that uh, the case was wrongly decided, so they have to have to come to that conclusion. They have to come to the conclusion that the case is no longer workable, that just doesn't make any sense. And they also have to find that um, relying on the or abandonment of the case is not going to result in some undue hardship. And so they looked at the case from those three perspectives and said, uh, Ryder Stucco and uh, Omnisource don't make any sense anymore. Um, and I'll have a couple other people talk about what those cases were about uh, so that we can try to make sense out of this whole voluntary abandonment TTD compensation issue. Basically, uh, this court found uh, ultimately that if you are, if you either quit work or are fired from work under a, a uh, written work rule, um, and that occurs either before or after uh, the injury, that if the infraction occurs before or after the injury, that you're not entitled to TTD compensation because it, it severs the uh, causal connection between the injury and the loss of earnings. The principle that the court relies upon is that in order to receive temporary total disability compensation, you have to be one, incapable of returning to your former position of employment, and that temporary total disability compensation is compensation for your loss of earnings, which is connected to the work injury. So I don't know which one of my Rob's is going to talk about Ryder Stucco and um, Omnistores, but those cases were a little bit different than the Klein case, because Klein involved a quit. Uh, what, what was Ryder Stucco about? Appreciate your listening. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Hi, this is Rob Sold. Uh, Ryder Stucco is an interesting case. It's been around since 2008, and uh, the basic premise of this case, and I'll talk about the facts in a second, was that um, if someone is... Uh, on compensation or receiving temporary total disability compensation at the time of the termination, then that's not a basis to find a voluntary abandonment. Now, in Ryder Stucco, we had an individual that had an allowed claim, it was a back injury. He had surgery, went under physical therapy, and a number of things. And he also was originally getting wage, uh, wages in lieu of compensation. Well, unfortunately, this uh, individual decided that he was going to make some disparaging comments about the uh, the company's president, which was considered to be insubordination, and ultimately he was terminated. So the argument was, you know, his termination really had nothing to do with his injury, rather it had to do with his insubordination. Unfortunately, though, in this case, the way the law had developed at that point and uh, where we were, the court 
said, yeah, his termination was due to his voluntary act. But based on the current case law at the time, since he was on temporary total disability compensation, was eligible for it, and was terminated after that date, his termination was not considered a, a voluntary abandonment under Louisiana Pacific. So the, the good news is this case has been specifically overruled. So in this type of situation, if you have these facts, that would be a basis to have a claim, claimant's compensation uh, denied. But the, the court, um, the uh, Ryder-Stucco court uh, relied on uh, on pretty products, though, primarily, right? Yeah, that, and they went back to the original Louisiana Pacific case, which sets forth a three-pronged test that we're most all aware of that's the standard for uh, uh, voluntary abandonment. And essentially, what, what that amounts to is you need to have a uh, written work rule. There has to be a violation of that, and the employee had to know about that and know that that would result in his termination. And that's where most of these cases have come out of, Louisiana Pacific, and there's a case before that, that have uh, basically set forth the doctrine of, of voluntary abandonment. And as, as we talked about, and I think Rob King's going to talk about in a second, that doctrine has been eroded uh, with cases until the recent case we just had uh, here uh, last couple of weeks. And what's interesting is that in Ryder Stucco, the claimant was getting... Um, Compensation uh, wages and supposedly. Yeah, wages and wages in lieu of compensation. Uh, he wasn't actually on temporary total, but that but that court then went to the pretty products dicta, which said, well, but he was disabled from work, and because you can't voluntarily abandon voluntarily abandon a job from which you are disabled. Um, it doesn't matter whether he was on TT at the time or re receiving wages in lieu of compensation. The fact that he was disabled, um, that's, that's what the, the linchpin was to that decision, right? Yes. Appreciate your listening. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. But what was that um, Omnisource case about? Well, Omnisource is a little bit like Ryder Stucco. Just to go back a little bit, though, the voluntary abandonment rule under Louisiana Pacific requires a violation of a written work rule. And if the claimant knows about the written work rule, violates it, and it results in his termination, he's not entitled to TT. So in Omnisource, the claimant was a truck driver who was injured. He hurt his knee, and he was off on TT due to the the claim. While he was off on TT, he got his second DUI in two years, and as part of his sentence, his um, driver's license was suspended. So therefore, he violated the work, written work rule that required him to have a driver's license in order to continue his employment as a truck driver. The company terminated him, but the Ohio Supreme Court found in 2007 that since he was already disabled at the time he violated this rule, he didn't forfeit his right to TT. There was no voluntary abandonment, and therefore he's entitled to continue TT even though he didn't even have a valid driver's license. Um, so this was also overruled by Klein, and the Klein court specifically said that they were incorrect when they Yeah, because you know the the strange thing is there's another case, Zedexwell Hildebrand versus. Wingate Transport, in which the claimant had quit work, 
And it seemed as though under the Supreme Court's case law doctrine that if you quit your job rather than get fired from your job, then the quit severs the causal connection between the uh, loss of earnings and the injury. But it doesn't do that in the situation when you are terminated from employment. Although the Supreme Court has also said that a termination is a voluntary abandonment also when you meet the test under Louisiana Pacific. Correct. So that's, that's kind of where the, the, uh, the courts were getting confused. And in fact, in um, Ryder Stucco, the Court of Appeals, even though it, I'm sorry, in the Klein case, the Court of Appeals said that even, even though um, it awarded the benefits to the claimant, the Court of Appeals said, well, we don't even know which line of cases we're supposed to follow here because I believe Pretty Products dealt with a termination. Ryder Stucco dealt with a termination. Omnisource dealt with a termination. Klein was a quit. And uh, because of that language in Pretty Products, the Court of Appeals in Klein said, well, I, I think we have, to, we, we have to follow Pretty Products, although we're not sure why this makes sense because you still have Hildebrand out there, which seems to find just the opposite. Appreciate your listening. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I would think it's important to point out that the Klein case hasn't totally gutted the, the employer's defenses to voluntary abandonment because you still have a whole series of facts that were started with the Cordell case. The Cordell case dealt with positive drug tests after an accident. In Cordell, claimant fell off a tow motor, fractured his leg, did your normal post-accident drug test, tested positive for marijuana, claimant was terminated the same day because he failed the post-accident drug screen, which showed he had marijuana in his system. However, the court ultimately ruled that the drug test, results of the drug test can't be used to terminate temporary total because the only reason the employer knew about the drug use was due to the post-accident drug screen. So there in Cordell, the claimant was still entitled to receive temporary total compensation, even though he was terminated for the post-accident uh, positive drug screen. So the takeaway from that is, and you see this all the time, most employers will do a post-accident drug test. If they test positive for marijuana, cocaine, alcohol, take your pick, and you terminate them under your company policy, Klein will not prevent them from getting temporary total compensation in that situation because the court is basically saying that if there's a close nexus between the injury and the activity that results in termination, they're not going to keep you from getting temporary total compensation. That's an important fact to remember here. Appreciate your listening. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. But it's also equally point out that we were basically one vote away from getting all these cases thrown out. Mark, you were talking earlier about uh, the concurring opinion. Three people signed on to it. Right. Just how close were we to making sure that any termination would have prevented temporary total compensation? Right. Like I said, it, it was 4-3, and the um, Justice Kennedy wrote for the uh, wrote the concurrence. And what Justice Kennedy said was, look, if we're going to overrule uh, case law, 
Um, and the purpose of overruling our precedent is to make the law clear, and we should be overruling all of it. They said writer stucco, omnisource, pretty products, uh, the uh, Cordell case, and even the uh, Gross decision. Uh, the, the, the Kennedy said that all of those should be overruled because Cordell basically still stands because it's in line with the Gross 2 decision. And for people that may or may not remember Gross 2, Gross involved a situation where uh, somebody worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken and, and they were a fry cook. And uh, they kept having these violations of safety rules in the way in which they were operating the fryer. And ultimately, they got burned because uh, they kept making the same mistake. Well, the employer, Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, terminated them because of the violation of the safety rule. And originally, the Supreme Court said that's a valid violation. It terminates TT. But um, the, uh, the claimant's attorney, as well as uh, the, the other interested uh, members of the claimant's bar, requested reconsideration, and the Supreme Court took reconsideration, and they reversed themselves, which resulted in gross two. And in gross two, the Supreme Court said, well, when there's a close nexus between the injury and the workplace violation, that workplace violation is not going to terminate TT. And the, the reasoning was that uh, you're basically assigning fault to the injury under that set of circumstances. So what Justice Kennedy said was, that still doesn't make sense either, because the abandonment of work severs the chain of causation. And what you're focusing on is the timing of the infraction as opposed to the fact that there is a workplace infraction or a quit or whatever the case may be. They said it makes no difference whether it's a, a, a retirement or a, or a voluntary quit or termination, because then the loss of earnings is no longer due to the injury. The loss of earnings is due to some action that the claimant took. And uh, those three justices, it was Justice Kennedy, O'Donnell, and DeWine, um, the three of them would have overruled all those cases. So it was, it was just one vote away. But what we're left with now is we still have Gross and we still have Cordell. So your, your drug screen situations and safety violations that uh, cause an injury, um, terminations on those bases are still going to, um, you're still going to be entitled to temporary total disability compensation. So Mark, what it seems to me is that in, in light of Klein now, the fact that someone is either on temporary total or eligible for temporary total compensation at the time of the termination will no longer automatically entitle them TT and gut the Louisiana-specific type of argument. That is, that is correct. That I think is the correct. other point that's something to keep in mind is with the uh, concurrent opinions, and, and it appears to be a change of uh, opinion as to the overall viewing of these doctrines, uh, the right case, the right facts would be uh, everyone should consider taking that case up because you very well may be able to ro overrule the whole doctrine that's been established here, which would be very beneficial to most employers. Well, you could. 
Well, I think it's reasonable to think that now. It, it's reasonable, but you know the the thing about that concurrence was Justice Kennedy wrote the majority is very much aware of the flaws in their reasoning, and that's why he was trying to impress upon them in his concurring opinion that look when you, when you overturn precedent, you define what the law is, and he was basically pleading to them saying. You're not defining the law. You are leaving some strings hanging. He said now is the time. And he was relying on uh, some United States Supreme Court dissents that Justice Scalia had written, where Scalia basically said, when you know something's wrong, you take care of it then. He said the longer precedent hangs around, the more likely it's going to remain the law. So as soon as you see that there was a problem with a, a doctrine of case law, you take care of it. But, you know, you never know. Uh, because gross, gross is your example. I mean, gross, they reconsidered that after making a decision. So who's to say that somebody gets the right set of circumstances, they take it up to the Supreme Court, they might get gross overturned on, a, on another try. Just like the U.S. Supreme Court, the Ohio Supreme Court changes. We have elections, and depending on who's elected to the seats, if you're dealing with one seat, uh, is the difference in the vote four to three? This, this case law could change uh, quite quickly. True. When it's, I mean, when it's that close, you're, you're right. Whoever's, because I think we have seven conservative justices. They all agreed that, at the very least, most of the case law should have been overruled. They couldn't agree on how far that overruling would go. But you're right. You get somebody else in, in the seat of one of those people in the majority, they might agree with. Kennedy, O'Donnell, and uh, DeWine, and say, oh, let's overrule Gross and uh, Cordell. Quite possible. So, Mark, you think that if Klein went because of his work injury, he would still be entitled to TT? It doesn't change that yes. line of reasoning? Yes, yes, that's a good point, uh, Janelle, um, because then the, the separation from employment is due to the work injury, um, that, is, that is always going to be a situation in which someone's entitled to, to compensation. And, and the client court, I think, intimated that as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Hope you learned something from the, uh, the podcast. It's been a difficult area of the law for practitioners um, and uh, people in the business for quite some time. Uh, basically, uh, the takeaway from from the Klein case is that whether it's a quit or a termination under Louisiana Pacific or retirement or incarceration, that um, those separations from employment are going to cut off temporary total disability compensation unless the violation of the work rule in a work rule situation is causally connected to the injury, or in a situation where somebody quits work or retires from work because of the uh, inability to do the job, i.e. due to their work injury, those situations you're still going to be entitled to compensation. So uh, you need to pay close attention to the reasoning behind the um, determinations and or separations from work. Appreciate your listening. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.